Mind Hood and Evil. We're your host. I'm Mike. That's Chris. What's up? Slim. What are we getting into today? Man, you already know what it is, man. Before we even start, I just want to go ahead and let everybody know that you should go ahead and follow Beyond Hood and Evil. If you ain't following Beyond Hood and Evil on the IG page, on the Spotify page, on the Apple podcast page, you're doing yourself a disservice. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and hit us up on Instagram at Beyond Hood and Evil. Make sure you follow the page and share the page with a friend. Am I saying that we're going to blow up your feed? No. <laughs> Am I saying that we're going to be posting content that you need to know, though? Yes. If you're listening to us right now on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button and rate us. If you can't rate us, that just means you ain't listened to enough episodes. So make sure you double up, play a few, and then come back and rate us. If you're listening on Apple, make sure you hit subscribe and rate us. And if you're listening on neither of those platforms, do the same damn thing. All right, let's get into it. Man, you already know what it is. It's Beyond Her and Evil. And today, for the beyond of it, we're going to be getting into the most important love of them all. And I'll final installment of the love series, self-love, man. I always say that anything you do in your life, any trouble you go through, any experience you want to manifest, it always starts with you. You can have all the external things that build you up, but if you're not able to internalize and integrate that into who you are as an individual, you're going to have a rough goal of trying to actualize whatever you're trying to achieve. So today we get into self-love, man. Appreciate that, Chris. And I'm excited about this one. We We talked about just broadly, generally, what is love? And, you know, we had the question around if it's conditional. That was part one. Mm-hmm. Part two, we came back. We talked about infidelity um, mm-hmm. and using your bag. I appreciate the story that you shared. And yeah, you you moved me enough to share a couple of more. And so then now we're here. And this is kind of where I live. Mm-hmm. That self-love and being able to understand what that means for you. Like, what are your practices? What are your rituals? What are your habits? Like, what are the things that you do? You know, I'll harken back to one of the things we said in a couple couple episodes ago when I said, like, you know, what are your seven streams of happiness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. self-care is a part of that. What are the handful of things that you do intentionally for yourself? So I'm, I'm excited to get in there, Chris. I, I want you to kick this one off because you've been, you've been nice enough to head it off to me the last couple of episodes. And I'm going to go ahead and toss that one back. All right. If I was to really get into it, I would describe how I actualize or activate self-love in my life. I would say it's through the, the, the persona of the chocolate champ. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's something mm. that I came to after my heartbreak. You know, it was something that I always never really thought I needed because I thought I had what I needed externally with the relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when that all came down, I had, I had to have a real conversation with myself and try to figure out what I needed to do to be the best version of myself. And... In, my, in true fashion, I just look to people that I really admire. I always do that. I feel like the best way to do anything in life is um, to look around you and see who's doing it at the level that you wish you were doing it. And I get that from my teacher um, from high school, Mr. Easton, Mike Easton. He's a really talented painter. And he instilled that in me as a young man that successful people are always leaving clues. And I remember he would say that all the time. Successful people always leaving clues. Successful people always leaving clues. And he'd be like, hey, man, you got to drop. Don't let that drop to the floor. He would say that too. Don't let that drop to the floor. You see that? That's a gym right there. Don't let that drop to the floor. You need to pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. He would say stuff like that to us. And I remember I really, that really spoke to me because then I started to really recognize the greatness in others and how you shouldn't be jealous of people that are successful. You should look to them as a pathway to success that you can follow because they took those steps and trudged that path through the forge, you know what I'm saying? Through the forest and forge that path ahead to success. So you can follow in their footsteps and even try to be greater than them, you know? Mm. So that's how I started with me, Chocolate Tramp. It was just an idea like being somebody who's supremely confident, 
someone who is able to do anything you put your mind to, mm-hmm. someone who's able to achieve all goals and do anything that they can wrap their mind around. They can learn anything. He can do anything. He can achieve anything. He can help anybody. You know, it's it's just it's just a, a mentality that I adopted, kind of like all the ladies, I guess it'd be Beyonce and Sasha Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, for Jay-Z, it'd be Hova, you know, when, she, when Jay-Z transformed from Jay-Z or Sean Carter in a Jay Hova, that was, that's a totally mm-hmm. different persona change for him. Or what everybody know now, Kanye West, when he was in his Yeezy bag, I wouldn't say yay, and I wouldn't say Yeezys, but when he was Yeezy, like, where are you, Yeezy? That was when Kanye West was kind of at the height of his Kanye Westness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's the height for, to him. And that idea is constant. It's a constant across all people that are hyper successful, specifically people of color or people of great intrigue. They always have this persona that they don that is bigger, bigger than life, is larger than life because it's something that you always strive for. Therefore, you can never achieve it. That means you can always be growing and getting better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man. I appreciate that. So the, the chocolate champion moniker persona is is, is yours and yours to keep. Right. Yes. And so when we talk about self-care, self-love, that's, that's how you built up your confidence after that moment. Uh, I kind of alluded to this before. Uh, you got your ass in the gym, too. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's 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 when you became pretty diesel. So at what point did it go from, you know, this is, <laughs> you know, working out is helping me get through some really dark moments to actually appreciate this or do, or do you not? Cause <laughs> it could still be less of a, a gift and more of a burden. I've, I've always looked to working out for getting rid of stress. People that know me know I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't partake in nothing. That's fun. Christ-like. You know what I mean? You know, I just try to live a very Christian lifestyle as I said, um, <laughs> but you know, I don't do anything like that. So, you know, when the stresses get a lot in my life, I like to go to the gym or if I'm dealing with a particularly trying time at work, I play the video games. Those are my things. That's what I do to, to manage my stress. I play video games and I go to the gym and I lift and I like to lift. If depending on the day, depending on what's going on, it kind of determines what how heavy I'm going to lift. Because if it's a lot going on, I'm about to lift as heavy as I can and try to just wrap it out, which is not what you're supposed to do, but that's what I like to do. <laughs> and, and then if I'm really having a really rough time and I need to just think I might just go for a run or I might walk. And I would kind of pick that up from you, Mike, when we was in college. I remember that's what Mike would do when he was, not to put your business out there, but- No, 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 put it out there. It's always out there. Mike, you know, me and Mike been rocking for a minute. And whenever he was going through it, he would ask me to go for a run. And that's when I knew it was serious business because it wasn't like he was asking me to come over and play 2K or something, or he wasn't asking me to go to TDR with him or get food. You know, because that's when he had, it'd be surface problems. Like, hey, man, you trying to play the game? It's like, well, you got a surface problem. He avoided. Oh, you trying to get something to eat? He got a surface problem. He just avoided. You know what I'm saying? He just trying to hang out. He just trying to talk. But if it's like, we got to go for a run, Mike really going through it. He on stress in the street and he trying to figure it out. So we, he about to run me into the ground, you know, because at the time, you know, I'm like almost 300. And this man, you know, Mike was a slim cat. You know what I mean? You mean like an ex basketball player, ex track person, ex football. You know what I'm saying? He just slim and he won't go for a six mile run with my 300 pound body and these Jordans. I mean, these two big Nikes. Like I'm just looking a fool. People are like, who is that man? Why is he chasing that little man? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not chasing him. We're running together, actually. I'm just a block behind him. We're together. Okay, just, just, just so that I got to say, we would always. So in my fashion, when I'm running, I like to end my run with a sprint. sprint. Mm-hmm. 
Erica hates this shit when we go for a run together sometimes. She's just like, nah, you got it, bro. And I'm like, nah, I just, I just got to finish hard. And that's the high school, like, practice habit that I have. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's when Chris would be, you know, down the block for me because he was like, all right, we got to sprint it. And you, and you would, the first four, five seconds of that sprint, you there. You know, defensive end, that that 40-yard dash, you'd be mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. you get your, you collect your bag, get drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. Anything after that? <laughs> Anything after that first four or five seconds? Didn't have it. Didn't have it. I emptied the tank. Emptied the tank. That five seconds. You got people don't understand, man. You big like that and you running. Like that's why I always say people be like, oh, the hyper athletes or the defense or the defensive ends. They're man, it's them linemen. You ever seen a lineman mm-hmm. running? They a lineman might be 300 pounds, 320 pounds, and they can run. You don't understand the amount of strength. It takes to move your body that fast. Like it looks slow, but if that person was running at you, it's fast. And it just be for a burst, two seconds, three seconds, but it's mm-hmm. quick. That's a they should cover a lot of space. And that two seconds, three seconds, and that was me. So I'll be with, like I said, I'll be with Mike, like he said, first five seconds, then he's just gone. And I'm just, I'm out of it, bro. I'll catch up. <laughs> I'll see you back at the dorm, man. I'll see you at the dorm. I I see you. <laughs> Mike just like, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because he's so far away. Yeah, he's so far away, you know. That we talking about, that's what it was, man. It's just something I, something I do. And it's, I've always been that way, kind of, in my life. Even when I was in high school and stuff, I remember I got super duper into doing push-ups and sit-ups and all that. Like, when I got to step, I was kind of the slimmest I had ever been at that point in my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that was because, again, I had went through something with this girl in high school. I was, I was, I was sick. Like, I was, you know, I was sick, bro. It was crazy. And I just remember I went to football camp, and I just lost... 70 pounds, it seemed like. Like, I was fat in mm. 11th grade, and I came back and I looked like Idris Elba. Like, I was I was suave. I was too suave. It was like, who is that? Like, I look like a new kid. That's how different I look. I like a new person. <laughs> and he was like, who are you? I was like, I'm Chris. He's like, wait, what? He's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm one of the twins. And the next thing you know, you're getting all this attention. And I'm like, oh, no, they don't like me for me. They like me because of the way I look. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that. So the intrigue. Yeah, you know. So it was just it was just a thing. It's a constant in my life. That's what I do. I work out super hard. Something, you know, I do push-ups, sit-ups, go for a run. Couldn't go for a run when I was living in the neighborhood, though, you know, get killed. Thousand <laughs> percent. <laughs> Man, Chris, I stay stay on the fitness for a little bit. Cause I think that is a form of self-care. Mm. <laughs> you know, I hooped in high school and I love going through drills. I loved, you know, getting in the weight room because I knew I was going to get stronger. Um, and I could compete with the homies. I appreciated that part. I always felt like running on the track, you know, to try and get your cardio wind up was a punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. So anytime you had to do anything cardio based was a punishment. So when you met me, I was at like the peak moment in my life where we had done a lot of running, <laughs> a lot of running. So transitioning to college and we met and that was my form of, you know, reducing my stress level or working myself through a problem that I had. That was because that's what I was doing. I was going through it in high school. <laughs> I was going through it. And I knew at the end of the day, we was going to run and then me and my homies going to hoop for another three, four hours after practice anyway. So like that cardio based activity based stress relief was absolutely key for me, but still was like a, I would say more of a burden, less of a gift. I didn't really appreciate it. I didn't know what I was doing when I was doing it. I did it and I was successful, but I didn't know that with intentionality that I can do this and get the results that I wanted. So it's taken me actually a few years to understand my relationship with exercise and see it as less of a punishment and more, as you know, self-care, a mm. way of being able to show myself love, right? And making it less about how I look, right? Did I get the little crevice in my stomach to like call it an ab? Like, did I shrink, you know, a little bit of the stocks? You know, I got, I got a little thicker thighs. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> thick down bottom, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
<laughs> high school. Shout out to the rap group with kickstands. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that is categorically false stuff. <laughs> but exercise for me, you know, has now become a way of being able to uh, hold myself accountable and like responsible to to to, to an active lifestyle. Because mm-hmm. real talk, uh, I'm in the house with it. Like I like to go outside. <laughs> I like to see the sun. I like to smell the fresh, well, smoggy air when I was in LA and, you know, being on the East coast, it was a little more fresh. So I, I like that aspect of it, you know, cause it, that's how you know you're in real life. Mm. Right. But other than that, I'm not really trying to do a bunch of activities outside. Right. The, the closest thing you can catch me doing regularly outside is hooping and running. Right. I'm not going for a walk. Like I'm not trying to discover things like nah, I'm in the house with it. So for me, it was being able to understand like, yo, you, you, you know, if I'm, if I'm trying to get outside, who well, I can do that, but you know, I'm an inside cat. <laughs> so if you're going to be that, you got to get some exercise in your life. Yeah. Right? You, you got to get some exercise in your life. So I had to switch it from, this is a punishment. This is hard. I'm about to suffer for 40 minutes and then chill for the next day and kind of look at it as, all right, dude, this is what you need to do to get some physical activity. And I'm also not going to shortchange it. For me, being able to understand why I'm doing something is really important. Like, mm. what's the ultimate end of you doing this? If I don't have an end, can't do it. So I'd call myself more of a destination person than a journey person, right? I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about where I'm getting to. I'm not really thinking about the course to get there. I don't really appreciate that part. But with fitness, had to be different, right? So I had to reconstruct it in my mind to be like, yo, why am I doing this? And so I started to tell myself, well, we're going to have kids in the future. I want to be able to get up and get down with them, right? If I'm kind of sitting on the couch, gaining weight and you're not really doing stuff, I can't really get up and down with my kids. Yeah. Or if they want to go run and do stuff, I can't really do that, right? So I'm thinking years <laughs> in advance. But then when I'm thinking about today, like the practical implications of working out, I do the grocery shopping in the crib, right? So, you know, me, uh, I, when the groceries are in the trunk, I'm trying to carry all the bags at once to the crib and we got a set of stairs. So, you know, I got to get it up to the stairs, get it to the back porch. So I want to do that all in one swift motion. I'm not trying to go back for seconds or thirds, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like, what's the practical like implication of this or practical application of this work? And what is the implications of the work? And so for me, switching that to say, this is how I want to leverage this effort that I'm making and taking. All right, this is cool. I, now I know I have a tangible result. So, you know, I'm carrying all the grocery bags, still doing two trips because, you know, that's, that's just what it is right now. Yeah. But that for me, what it was, so switching it in my mind was really important. So now exercise or fitness is a form of me showing myself some love, showing myself some care, you know, things that I need to do that's mandatory, along with a host of other things. So Chris, you said fitness for sure. What, what, are, what are some other things that you do for yourself to show yourself some love, show yourself some care? I mean, I think I, I want to I take, take it back to the persona thing uh, for a second though. Like, I, know, I began to realize when I was thinking about it, all my friends did that. We all have that thing that we do. So like my brother, he called himself uh, Bob, you know what I mean? And that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's when my brother, my brother, Kiego from um, the Verified Podcast with Brandon, you know, shout out to them. But he <laughs> called himself Big Hair Bob when he was really going into his hair thing. Like my brother, I got good hair or whatever, quote unquote, not quote unquote real, in real life, but I got good hair. Bro. And then my brother, he has better hair than me. And that's because Kiego literally went into this long, deep dive of trying to figure out how to care for his hair. So we twins, we're fraternal twins, whatever. But 
Kiego has a different grain of hair than me. Like his hair is straighter than my hair. My hair is spiral. It's like we did our hair breakouts in high school. Like we broke our hair. My hair grows in tight spiral curls and my brother's hair grows straight. So his hair hangs down longer naturally than my hair does. Like it's like, mm-hmm. it's different. It's a different texture. And I never understood that until, cause when we was little, we kind of rocked the same haircuts, but our haircuts always look different. Like when I got a fade, it looked, you know, fire, but my brother's hair, it wouldn't quite do the same thing, but it's because his texture was different and we didn't know. Um, so that was this new thing. And then he also called himself the Mahogany Mountain. And that's because where I'm trying to get more slim and be the chocolate champ, you know what I'm saying? I have an mm-hmm. idea of what's sleek and being, you know, true to my form and what I want to do and what, how I want to look. My brother's into being big. He wants to be big, like giant. So he calls himself the Mahogany Mountain. So it's like, you got the mm-hmm. chocolate champ and you got the Mahogany Mountain. And I got my main man, Josh. He called himself HJ, Handsome Jones. That's because, and that's because Josh is very, 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 very good with women. And it's it's been that way since I we, we all can remember. It's just been that way. Josh is the best dude I've ever met when it comes to women. He just it, he just gets it. He gets it all thousand percent. It don't matter. Josh is the smoothest dude out of anybody I know, and I put him against anybody. <laughs> Josh mm-hmm. move as hell. And then uh you got Jamal, or you know, I call him Jamal, but he go by Seif, and that's his persona, like when he's in his mode when he's doing his thing, see. And that's just something that I begun to recognize that every almost everyone I know that's like in the more especially in the creative field, they all put mm-hmm. on these identities, you know. And that I kind of even think that goes back into everyone being a student of hip hop, because that's what you do. You put on these different personas to be mm-hmm. larger than who you are. And that's what it is. You're told to do that as a coping mechanism almost because you realize that being yourself to overcome some challenges isn't enough. And you need to be able to draw from some strength mm-hmm. that's almost bigger than you. And that might not be, you know, Jesus. It might not be Yahweh. It might not be Yahweh in those moments. It might not be, you know, marijuana. You know, it might not be alcohol in those moments. You need to pull, draw from something that's more internal. What's that inner strength put it out of you? And I say all that to say, to get back to your answer, your question, the self-care thing I do is that, that that's that's just what works for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, because I used to be very, very hard on people that like smoke or drink because of how I grew up and the people mm-hmm. I saw around me, I just disagreed with it. I was diametrically opposed to it. Like I didn't understand the need for it because I had never seen anything but failure, death, destruction, and depression from people that engage in those activities. But now I realize that's how people cope, man. That's just people what what people do. Everybody, everyone isn't a psychopath like me that needs to go and run <laughs> three, four miles in a day and then go lift at the same time and then go back and run again at the end of the work. That's not regular for people or people don't want to go on Grand Theft Auto and just drive around and do drive bys for two hours. That's not what people want to do, you know. <laughs> I go or or you play if you're an Elder Scroll type person, you're an RPG player, you want to go and spill steal anything that's not nailed down. You just want to steal everything that you see in a room. Like that's how people cope. And I had to learn that through experience and also having been being open to understand alternate perspectives than my own. Just because I'm so opposed to something doesn't mean I have to push my disdain for something onto the next person. It's, uh, especially if it's something that you're doing and it's and it's not hurting you to that point. Any uh, too much of anything is not good, you know. So mm-hmm. the main thing that I like to do, another thing I like to do is 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 like write raps. I've been doing that since I was in. Mm. 13, 14, writing raps. And I remember my raps used to be mad, weird. Like, not even whack. It was just weird raps. Like, is it emo raps? 
I mean, I kind of was on the sad boy wave before the sad boy wave was a thing. I'm the original emo rapper for the whole kind. <laughs> you know, I played you some of my songs. My songs used to be sad as hell. All my songs used to be sad. I never had up anything I make is not up tempo. It's low tempo. You know what I mean? It's mid tempo at the yeah, You at know max. where I'm at. You know where I'm at with it. And I'm like, yo, Chris, no, 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 I need some bounce to this. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, and I, and I, I'm I'm like, I, I, I know. And I remember Kid Cudi came on. I was like, yeah, I've been doing that. Like, I've been in that mode, sad raps. I've been on it. I just didn't know you had to sing them. I was just trying to bar it up. And I was just being stupid. I used to write a lot of stories, too, like about what's going on in my community. And that would help me to cope, like, because of people getting killed, people dying, the police beating people up. You know, it's just you see a lot of stuff when you grew up with the way we grew up and where we grew up. I guess mm-hmm. in my mind, me being self-conscious, I didn't want people to know that type of stuff. So I would write in the raps and then I would just have them for myself. It's, and then and the cooking and stuff, I like doing that because, you know, I feel like all of us connected. Whenever I'm working on something and I need to take a moment to really readjust what I'm doing, I have to follow on one of my other passions to reset and get ready to do something else. So if I'm working on a graphic project and it's not going the way I want it to, I might have to go to the grocery store, pick up a bunch of groceries and cook a meal from scratch, like just do something creative. And mm-hmm. then I go back to that graphic and then it just click. Or if I'm working on a song and it's not coming together the way I want it to, I might have to go sit down and just do a drawing. And next thing I know, the drawing is just be like, whoa, that was so fun. And I'm just recharged to do it. Like if I do it, I did a painting. Mm-hmm. When I did the painting for the, my job or whatever, the little giant painting I did the dude in the ski bass, I remember I did that. And that's when I basically finished all of the little EP me and my brother was working on because I was so amped up for doing something creative. I wrote like 20 songs in a row. And then I just took the best ones, the best verses from those and put those on the songs of my brother. And it worked mm-hmm. out and the songs too, I'm good. It's like that, but that's because I was already in that space. Like creative juices was flowing. So yeah, man. How about you? What, do you, what else do you do besides lifting and running and stuff? <laughs> well, Chris, I ain't lifting these days. You know, I'm yeah. doing a lot of, you know, non-weight, you know, body weight type stuff. I, mm-hmm. I don't really believe in, in, in weight lifting. I really don't like gym culture either. Either I don't, I don't think it promotes, you know, my ability to, to, to have more self-love because I am constantly looking at people being like, yo, what the hell are y'all doing in here? Why are y'all spending so much time in here? I can get in here in 45 minutes and get out and accomplish all the things that took you two hours while you sat there and scrolling your phone. Oh, that's different. You know what I'm saying? That's different. You know, I'll be in there two hours. I don't be on my phone. I'm a psychopath. <laughs> well, you be in there two hours because you got to wait for somebody to get off the machine that you thought you had and they took the shit. That's why you're in there for two hours. Man, listen, man, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Because because cause that is a truth. That is a fact. It is a fact. People that be in there on, doing on some BS. Mm-hmm. You can't say mm-hmm. nothing to nobody either. That's the thing I hate the most. You trying to say something. Hey, you using that? Yes, I'm using it. My man, you across <laughs> the gym. How are you using both machines? I'm using both of those young blood. That's how you know it's a problem. Young blood, I don't want to smoke. You got that. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So uh, I'm not in the gym with it. Um, I just, nah, I can't do that. So I'm in a career or I'm outside. You know, Chris, when I talked about getting outside, yes, getting outside for that exercise, that good old exercise. That's me with the little hit workout. You know, we done done that a couple of mm-hmm. times. That, that's me for sure. But hey, man, being, I think the, 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 the spiritual piece of it, um, I appreciate isolation, like just seclusion, kind of stepping away from things because I have a natural tendency to kind of gravitate toward the center (laughs) of things, personality, how I present, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So when I don't have to be at the center or something, I'm trying to fall all the way back. So far back that I ain't even seeing nobody. (laughs) I'm not even engaging with nobody. And one of the things that I really like to do uh, is I like to take baths. I like to take baths. So for me, Chris, uh, and you've you've definitely gotten this request from me, definitely in the pandemic. Why are you looking at me like that? I was listening. 
Oh, <laughs> you, you unfurl your brow, sir, please. I don't like that. I don't like that. He said he'd like to take baths when I'm looking at him in his eyes, ladies and gentlemen. He just looked at me right in my eyes. He said, I like to take baths. I don't like it. Because <laughs> you should get your ass in the bathtub too, you know, preferably with some bubbles. I use wet wipes. <laughs> and uh, preferably some, some candles, Chris. Get you a bidet. You ain't need a bath. You get a bidet, you don't need a bath. <laughs> and get you a nice old book. Or have your phone. I'd say stay away from the phone, but have your book, your phone. Um, if you got an iPad, you got some technology, pull that in there with you too. Or just have some music, right? So that, that's my keys. Most importantly, turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. And light a candle. That's me, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, 1,000%. Because what that allows me to do is kind of, you know, sh- shut off the world, but in many cases, like shut off my brain. So if you had a conversation with me during the pandemic when I was going through this experience of trying to become more comfortable with the dark, this is one of my practices. So I'm gonna I'm take it back a little bit to one of our earlier episodes where we talked about fear mm. and how we all have fears. And one of my fears for a very long time was literally the darkness. Like I would be thinking all oh, kind of wild shit is about to happen to me once you flip that switch and the light goes out. I'm running and you can feel the tingles on the back of your neck like mm. I'm about to die, right? And so that's a problem, especially, especially if we, you know, heading toward the, the, the time where we're going to have future people or we're going to have kids. I'm like, yo, I can't be telling you this and that, giving you all of this unsolicited advice and then pops can't even turn the lights off. Listen, man, I have a kid. He talking about some monster in my bed. Deal with it, little boy. I don't know, man. You got to deal with it. I ain't coming in there. It's a monster under the bed. I believe you. I believe you. I don't want no. Tell him not to eat me. That's where I'm at with it. Tell him not to eat me. Can you go on that night? Can you come? Can we sleep in your bed? No, y'all. No, you can't. You know, you don't know what's going on in here. It's not for you. You know what I'm saying? This is not a kid's room right now. No, stay in your room. Put a chain on the door. If something happened to you, you better send me a text because I'm not coming. Mm-mm. Nuh-uh. Mm-mm. Yeah, hey, hey, ain't nothing happening in your bedroom. You just don't want them to bring the monster in your room. Hey, listen, 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 <laughs> listen. What I would do in my in my marital bed, you know what I'm saying? It's my business, not for no child to be coming. I don't know how people be getting into a tangent time. I don't know how people be getting into it. They be like, my, I saw my mom and dad, um, he was hugging my mom straight. How? Why is the door open in your house like that? Why is it not locked? I don't understand people, man. I don't understand people, man. Lock your doors, man. You got kids, you got to lock your doors. You want your kids just pussing in on you, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Y'all doing some freak nasty on some, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to get into that this podcast, but, you know, y'all y'all doing y'all intimacy thing. And, you know, kid walk in and it's a call for life. Now your kid, you know, your daughter, she she got to do OnlyFans because she's trying to forget what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just your son got to sell crack every day because he's just trying to get rid of the pain of him saying you hurt his mom. Like, come on, man. What we doing? And that, and that, folks, is why I don't know why Chris tried to run away from that BDSM conversation I was talking about because your boy be in his bag. That's why his kids would be mortified if he Pause. didn't have a locked door. Listen, nope. So, nope. Pause. No, that's not. That's not what we doing. Don't paint me in that broad bush, man. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not no Fifty Shades of God, gray, gray type dude, man. What we doing? Like, spit in my mouth. <laughs> Step on my cubes. Call me. Treat me like filth. No. <laughs> I'm not call, a call me a champion. <laughs> Who, who's the champ? Put a, who's the champ? Chocolate champ. Chocolate champ. Uh, I'm about to Hershey. Uh, you mean uh, do you, you mean? <laughs> about the M&M. Uh, 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 oh so we're back. We're back to the darkness. 
I didn't want my kid to be able to judge me because you can't give kids leverage um, in, in your parenting. Like you can't give them leverage where they can use something against you. And hell, if they use something that, you know, puts both parents, pits both, both parents against each other. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I don't want to give you no leverage. So you can't leverage the darkness. Right. But also I'm just like, yo, I really need to do this because I can't be 40 years old talking about the dark. You know what I mean? Like is that's, that's kind of trash. So a part of getting away from that fear or tackling that fear was to put myself in the dark. Right. So when I would shower, I would shower in the dark. When I would take these baths, I would take a bath with the lights off. Now, granted, there were candles, yes, um, but sort of not not like fully lit in this room. So that would be one of my practice, Tristan. The third thing I would do is I would always tell folks, hey, take a bath. And if you're partial, highly recommend this. Smoke a little bud, run you a bath, bubble bath with a candle or two, with a little music. And then what I would do, Chris, is then submerge myself in some water. And then I would stay there for about 20 minutes and try to think about nothing at all or let my mind run wild. And what I wasn't doing was paying attention to the fact that I was in the dark, right? And then there's obviously multi-purpose reasons for taking a bath. I can wash my ass now and I can, you know, just be entertained and all of that. That became a part of me beating a fear and then a practice that I continued definitely during the pandemic to take baths, right? Not as like my primary way of cleaning myself, (laughs) But it was definitely my practice for like, you know, I am anxious, really. I'm really anxious right now, right? Because I got a big meet next week. Or I got to present something more. Something just happened in a day where I feel a ways. Like my, my animosity is real high right now. I'm real angry. Or I'm really turned off by these social events and I'm super dejected, right? And so I need to find myself and ground myself a bit. And then I would go ahead and run me a bath all the time. Right. So that that that's definitely one thing that I leaned into heavily. So baths, folks. Run you a bath with some bubbles, a little bit of bath salt, too, you know, because you want to help them bones out and get your little candle. Or maybe a mild form of entertainment. And otherwise, just chill. 20 to 30 minutes. All right. Second one, I would say, Chris, is I'm going to need you to stop looking at me like this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never, never been a fan of baths. It's like you and your Why? own you and your own filth. Like the tur- water turn on brown. And then you get out the tub and you see all the little rank. I hate it. I always hate it. Since I was a little boy, I always felt like I was dirtier coming out of the bath than when I went into the bath. <laughs> I, always, I always felt like that. Like you see the water change colors. Like it's clear, you know, and it's brown. It's like, what the fuck? I was just sitting in that. Ugh. Like that's the first thing I, ugh. I just was sitting in dirty water for 10 plus minutes. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's when I when I finally was able to start taking showers. I was I was you don't understand. I was over the moon. I was over the moon. I was like, finally, I ain't got to sit in this dirty tub no more, man. It's dirty in here, and it's like it's your dirt. It's my dirt. It's dirty in here. I hate it. I hate it here. I want to stand up and be an adult. I want to take showers. I don't know why I got to be in this tub 10, 20 minutes. I want to get out. You know, Chris, you you could you could just you know if you had a little sponge or a loofah or a towel, you could take that towel, Chris. And run it underneath some water after your bath uh, to make sure that you get whatever excess you feel like is on you from that dirty water that you were just in. The simple so you, solution. But so you got to take a shower after you bath. Okay. <laughs> that's what you just described. I just wanted to let you know that's what you described. Oh, I took a bath. Let me take a shower real fast to get the rest of this dirt off. Why don't you just take the shower? <laughs> Why don't you just take the shower? <laughs> <laughs> if a bath is your primary method for cleansing your skin. You dirty. Go ahead. 
I, I will judge you a little bit. Uh, I, I, I will judge you a little bit, thousand percent. And as you may recall, Chris, I said it is not my primary way. Listen, to clean myself. He's cleaning it up. He's cleaning it up any way you want. You know, I, I heard what run, you run to back say. the tape. Run Last, back the tape. Yeah. Okay. Run back the tape. It's not my primary method, but it is a method that I practice. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent. And you should too, Chris. I know you won't do the bud piece, you know, but you can do all the other pieces. And it'll change your life. Thousand percent. First, I had to get a big ass tub. That's the first thing I had to get. It's a giant ass <laughs> tub. That's the first piece. <laughs> You you are about six fold. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have my knees uh, out the water. Plus. I'm not doing it. Bare ass on the porcelain, ladies. Just a bare ass. <laughs> Asshole right on the it's cold as hell in that bathtub. You gotta wait for the water to get hot to, to ah. even let the water run for 10 minutes to warm up that ice cold porcelain. And you putting your bare butt on that joint and you getting out, you see all the fuzz on your skin. Mm-mm. The soap scum. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then he talking about you gotta take a shower after you take a bath, man. I, but that's the, ah! I, the most backwards. <laughs> so then after that, I, I said for me, um, the the spiritual and psychological piece of self love. Um, you know, I smoke bud. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it, Chris. And I started off on the opposite end of this, and you and I were 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 um, alike in that. Where <laughs> all of my friends, uh, even Erica to this day. Um, you know, when they, when my friends found out, you know, it's like, oh, Mike, you smoke now? Like, what? They're like, yeah, because it's so casual to me now. Um, and they would just <laughs> recall the countless times that I gave them so much shit and I gave them hell for smoking. Because I had the same notions that you held. I held the same notions that you held, Chris. And in high school, I was like the folks that I saw smoking weed. They was felling out of school. You know, it was having babies. They weren't doing anything. They weren't progressing in life. So then I thought there was a, I thought it was, I thought it was beyond a correlation. It was causation to me. It was like, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's stay off the weed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> stay up. And so I said, nah, was it in the, was it in the crib? Yeah, it was in the crib. Was it around me? Thousand percent. But I was like straight judgment. I was like, yeah, that's why you ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, you know, got to college and I had friends who were doing it and, your college is a weird place because people are testing things for themselves. You don't know who like really has control of any substance. You know, you don't know who, well, you do know who doesn't have any control of the substance because you can see them wilding out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really trust that as a space for me to get into smoking. Right. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't know if any of y'all really understand what y'all are doing, but you know, and these folks went off and graduated and, you know, became, you know, who they are. It wasn't until after college though, um, that I, I met people who were highly accomplished in life. Right. And they smoked bud. And I was like, wait, shattered my whole way of thinking. Like, wait, you can do both. Like you can be hyper successful and smoke weed. And I was just like, ah, okay. And what I had to learn, Chris, in my exploration is that all of that shit is about calibration. (laughs) All of it is about moderation. Right. And so you go through your ebbs and flows where maybe you're leaning into it too much. Uh, and that's the opposite side of me where I started, which I did not do it at all. And after about four and a half years, five years of really experimenting and finding my zone, I now know where I'm at. So for me, I like it because in my solitude, like when I like to pull back from the world, um, I also just like to use that time either in quiet or to just think amongst myself. Right. And think about the, the different things that I'm experiencing in life, game plan or the things that I'm trying to do professionally or whatever. Um, and I also like to have conversations too at that time. You know, mm-hmm. I also get on the phone and I'm not a stranger to, you know, having me a bowl, having me a little joint um, or having me a pen, depending on where I'm at. 
And so for me, that practice, what it, uh, what it allows me to do to create that space for myself, I appreciate, mm. right? I also know for me, it's, it's when it's time to turn my brain off from like work mode to just home mode that for me, it, it does sit in the middle there. It's like one of the transitions that I make like, oh, okay. Cause I don't, <laughs> I'll say this. I, I got really great feedback when I was earlier in my career, I was working at this nonprofit and this woman who was, she was a senior level leader and I was trans, I was leaving the state to move to Philly, but a mm-hmm. boo, Erica, all the great yeah. things I do for her. And she was like, you know, we really don't allow remote staff, which that notion of it nowadays, you're just like, what the hell are you talking about? They didn't really allow for remote staff. And she said, uh, and I was pretty young. And she also knew because of the culture that we had created in the organization, that middle management to to junior level team, we Mm -hmm. were family. We would go out and we would celebrate (laughs) as often as we could. Sometimes multiple days in a row from Monday to Thursday, we'd all go out. Yeah, Chris. It was, That's expensive. It was a, that sounds expensive. Uh, oh, yeah. A, a expensive times and fun times, right? But to, to bring this all together, she would say, um, all right, we're going to allow this to happen, which they didn't have no fucking choice. You're going to let me move to Philadelphia from D.C. or I'm going to quit. <laughs> like, what matters more, that I sit in this seat or that you have me? Yeah. So it wasn't really too much of a discussion. Uh, so she said, hey, I just want to you know, tell you one thing. No elbow bending during a work day. I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? She's like, no elbow bending. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Legit, like, she was like, you got to bend your elbow to have a drink. No, don't do that during the day. And I was like, that's actually a good rule because most of us, many of us, I would say, have now experienced working from home. And it is very easy to do whatever you need to do while you're home, right? And then as I started picking up smoking, I was just like, oh, that too requires you to bend an elbow. <laughs> so I added that to my list of like, nah. So if you know me, I do have hard lines, hard boundaries. We just talked about it in, in the lab podcast. Like I draw my lines and I draw my lines with myself. That's where it starts, right? So you talk about self-care, self-love. A lot of that is about accountability too and integrity, <laughs> right? So it's just like, I can't be holding Chris accountable for something I don't hold myself to. That yeah. for me is just a problem. So in my life, I was like, you know, no elbow bending. So if I'm working, like for the people who are paying my bills, giving me money to pay my bills, I don't consume at all. Even when I would go on like a lunch date with a colleague or something like that. And, you know, people would say like, you know, get a beer or something early on very much. So I would say, nah, like I'm good. Cause I was just like no consumption at all. Now it is still the same. I'm not drinking or smoking during a work day, but I'm also now working for myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it looks a little different, right? Because mm-hmm. I can show up how I want to show up. Do I want to show up with some liquor on my breath or in my eyes from the bus? Yes. Nah, I don't. Oh, I okay. don't want to show up. No, I don't want to show up that way. Okay. Um, but I also now know that there's not a lot of FaceTime I need to give to work. I'm behind a computer kind of punching stuff through. So if I want to smoke a little bud and get to this Excel spreadsheet to knock it out, and you know me and my Excels be crazy, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But the point is... Like that was sort of the rule that I had. And so it was the real restriction. And now coming back specifically with Bud as one of my vices, I would throw it in that category. Um, I've been able to now understand what it is to me and how much consumption I need versus how much consumption I want and when to take a break from it and when to mm-hmm. lean into it. So self-love, self-care to me. And that's why I was talking about the psychological, spiritual piece because Bud is definitely in that category for me. Physically, mm-hmm. it does some things for me, but like, you know, that's not really my focus. So self, self-love, self self-care is, is a multitude of things, including video games. You know, I got to get some 2K in my life. 
Um, but I'm I'm really sitting back trying to just assess things or turn my brain off. And for me, self-love, self-care is like pulling myself out of social circles, right? And really having, you know, moments of solitude where I'm just with myself, right? I may invite some people into it because I like to have a conversation. That's what stimulates me. That's what recharges me. So for you, you said creativity, that burst of creativity happens when you switch your medium, right? Because you're creative in all those senses. You switch your medium. So for me, if I need to be inspired, just like we did it before we hopped on this podcast, Chris was like, Mike, fix your voice, bro. Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, what's going on? So I was like, all right, cool. Let's spend a few minutes. Because I was like, once I get that first cackle out, all right, cool. I know it's going to shift my energy. And so it's the same thing. Like, you know, I would love to just have a phone call because I have a phone call. I end up talking about something. Someone shares a problem that they have or they're just giving me updates in their life or whatever. But that casual conversation, you know how I am on the phone. I show up, I show up that allows me to kind of break through whatever I'm breaking through because I'm thinking about something and I can solve something for someone else. And it's probably relatable to what I'm going through. And now I can see a solution to something that I didn't see before, right? Or an application of something that I didn't see before. So for me, if I need a mental breakthrough, especially when it comes to creative or execution, I'll probably just step away for a phone call. Okay. Right. So that's what that looks like for me. It is many things, but I would say those are like my top, my top ways to, to take care of myself and to show myself a little love. I mean, I think the solitude piece is also super important, especially when it comes to self-love. It's hard for you to figure out what you need if you've never been alone with your thoughts. Mm. And as someone who has had a long periods of solitude, I think that was some of the most important times in my life, you know, just being by myself and trying to figure out what I needed for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, it really helps you do an accounting of what's important. And what's the highest level of needs that you need to address in your personal development? It's almost like a lot of times I like to equate things to video games. It's like if you're a video game character and you're the main character in your story, right? You're the protagonist and you're surrounded by people in your party and you got NPCs. And as you go through life, you want to encounter different situations. You got to know that your party is strong enough to support you in those things. But it's also moments in your adventure where you got to be by yourself and be strong mm -hmm. enough to carry forward without the support of your people. And I think that's when you got to figure out what you're going to allocate your skill points to. You know what I'm saying? Are you just going to mm -hmm. put all your skill points into the flourishes, you know, into the flourishes, meaning like fashion, designer things, monetary things, vices, you know, what, what, what makes you feel good, you know, or are you going to put it into more, you know, less fun things like your magic, like your magic may be, learning how to have a conversation with people or being able to see things from different perspective uh, from physical mm -hmm. traits. Your physical traits could be how you take care of yourself and what people now call wellness, you know, from your intellect, are you going to keep growing forward, learning new things and trying to make sure that you have a broad base of knowledge so that if you do encounter something, you have something to pull from in your archive and your mental archive and your mind palace that you can make sure that you are successful in those endeavors. So, you know, I think that's that's the main thing. And I feel like a lot of that times today with social media, you don't get that solitude you used to be able to get when mm. Mike and I was younger. You know, it wasn't a lot of times, you know, if you ain't had somebody calling on your phone, you was by yourself more or less. You could have brothers and sisters and they'd be out gallivanting, carrying on, and it's just you in the house. That's you by yourself now. You got to figure it out what you're going to do. How you going to explore that time by yourself? Um, and now with social media, I feel like that's how a lot of people going back into what we talked about in that unwellness episode, I feel like that's how a lot of people get depressed because you constantly mm. compare yourself to other people. You never had that moment just to really to look back at your accomplishments because it's always somebody who's doing something bigger. 
and bigger and bigger and better and better and better. And you constantly looking at a highlight reel and you never realize that even in those highlights, there had to be a bunch of lowlights or moments of, you know, mundaneness that mm-hmm. led to you seeing that highlight. So just, I just want to tell folks, man, just be cognizant of that and take some time for yourself and really do some reflection if you can. You know, we've been, we doing a lot of self-help on this, this episode, you know, not a lot yeah. of laughs, but you know, we're just trying to get y'all some game to be more successful, you know, some more of that, more of that ism, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but, you know, I, I, I also think that self-love is whatever you need it to be. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't let other people tell you what you need. Like, oh man, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. No, that's not what you need to be doing. You need to mm-hmm. be able to take that information and understand it, but you need to be able to synthesize it into a outcome that you can use. The, the, the thing about social media that you said that, uh, that, uh, that really clicked for me is like the comparison piece. And on the topic of self-love, yeah, dude, that's a problem that I have with social media. It's how much people don't understand what the use of social media is, like, or how to use it for themselves and how impressionable we are. And we don't like to accept that we are, <laughs> but your people are leaving impressions on you through what they post on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I'll leave it with this. Think of when you post on social media, not you specifically, Chris, but I guess you can take this as such, but just broadly to the folks listening to this. Think about when you post on social media and what you post. And particularly, think of when you post yourself in the photo or wherever you are. How much time do you spend curating this image for whatever you're about to post? Think about it. This other person that you're watching or all these people who you're scrolling and seeing, they're doing the same shit. Mm -hmm. They're curating this image that they want you to see. And in many cases, it's probably not as beautiful, especially if it's scenic. If it's a view, it's probably not as beautiful as it looks in real life. You can't recreate that, right? But even aside from scenic views and scenery, it takes a while to curate this photo that you then post out there. And so it's just a testament to what you were saying. It's like, it's not always what it seems. Don't always believe everything you hear and everything you see. Mm. And in social media's case, I'm just like, yo, like we personally understand what it means to curate and post on profiles. So why are you spending so much time valuing what these other people are posting? Because you know, it's just this one snippet of their life anyway. Why does it have so much value? And I think it reduces our ability to understand our own self-worth, our own practices of self-love because we're constantly evaluating ourselves against the static. So I just wanted to get in my bag a little bit there because I'm a little bit annoyed with social media. I blame women. I blame women. (laughs) What? Women. Women are the number one consumer of social media. It's a fact. Look it up. It's a fact. And women, what is is the number one thing that consumes men? Women. So men... (laughs) So men... Go on social media to look good to the women. And because of that, we've all, it's a vicious cycle. You got to stunt super hard to find you a baddie. And a baddie wants to look, yep, and and, and a baddie wants to look the baddest of all the baddies. So she's going to prep herself up as much as she can to be the baddest of the baddies, to find the ballers of the ballers. And that's Mm. how you get to this big cycle of people stunting and stunting and stunting and stunting and posting and post. Like when people start figuring out what an angle was, that's not regular. Why everybody want to be a model? My man, take a bad picture. You take, it's okay to take a bad picture sometimes. Your eyes are closed. Oh, could you take it again? My eyes were closed. My man, no. Mm-mm. Nah. People take thousands of photos to post one photo. People shoot hours of video to post a 10 second clip. You got to realize mm-hmm. that it ain't, you know what I'm saying? This ain't, I mean, unless it's like, I guess, 
you know, you think about something more explicit, like a titty drop or something like that. I guess that's like, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's in the moment. It's like, boop, it's done. Here we go. Got my booze out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, this is going to sound crazy. Is there one for like, nah, never mind. I think that's the part. It's got to be the it? It's got to be the part. <laughs> got to be the part. Uh, just call it there. No yeah, good, no, no wrap up. Yeah, no man. Call it. It was good. Yeah, that's it. I think that's, that's, thanks for, yeah, man. It was a good conversation, man. <laughs> As as always, Stiffworks, you know what I'm saying? We're brought to you by Stiffworks, um, a great branding consultancy, creative consultancy that you can contact online, which I own, operate, maintain. Um, head to stiffworks.com, S-T-I-T-H-W-O-R-K-S.com, and go ahead and check out your boy's portfolio. And um, if you need some work, I got that work for you because Stiffworks. And also brought to you, you know, I'll jump it in this time, a little remix for the folks, Velma Jean Studios. Mm-hmm. We work with venture capitalists, philanthropists, small business, for-profit and non-profit around for folks who are creating strategies mm-hmm. and trying to understand how to implement their strategies for their organizations and to measure the impact of those strategies so that that grand vision that you had for your organization is realized. Come over there and work with Velma Jean Studios. We are an impact design studio. We're black owned by no other than himself, your boy, Mike. Um, and we're excited to work with you. So head over to Velma-Jean.com and let's connect. That's the podcast. Wow. Appreciate you, babe. Appreciate you too, man.